All right, Jabal, say good morning, good morning. Afrelech and Shushan Purim to everyone. Thank you. Hopefully everyone had a, had a beautiful, beautiful, uplifting Yom Tiv. Now we have the great Zuchos to continue in our journey in Mesachas Yavamas together. So we'll begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shir. To thank. To thank. Our Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Adar Beis. To thank Leia Sol for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in honor of all those who organized the beautiful, meaningful, and emotional groundbreaking. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, an anonymous sponsor for the Rafur Shlim of Aaron Yosef ben Chana Miriam, and an Ischus of Azivug for Rivka Rachel Bas Basheverino. And to thank Naftali and Bela Langer as a Zuchus, dedicating the Shir as a Week of Learning as a Zuchus for Rafur Shlim of Rachel Esther Bas Sarafega. And with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. But some really beautiful and exceptional gimar. So we'll say today's daf is Yud Aleph. Is Yud Aleph. So we actually left off in kind of the middle of Ahmed Beis. We left off with a machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. So we'll say, let's just, so again, just very quickly outside, we're picking up my Taimo, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, about 19 lines up from the bottom. What was the machlokas? The Machlokas is in the following case. A man does chalitza. We'll just keep it easy. Right? There are three brothers. Reuven, Shimon. Well, let's make it four. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. So, now Reuven passes away. Reuven passes away. And ultimately, again, he leaves two wives, Rachel and Leah. Shimon, his brother, goes ahead and does chalitza with Rachel. Does chalitza with Rachel. Then what happens? Shimon has a change of heart. And he decides that he wants to go ahead and remarry. Rachel. So Rabbi Osei, so this is the Machlokis case. The Shail, of course, now in this situation becomes what is the level of liability? So we had a Machlokis, Rish Lakish, and Rabbi Yochanan. Rish Lakish says that Halacha Ruvain, when he remarries the Chalutza, ultimately is in violation of a love, is in violation of a prohibition. If any other brother who were to remarry Rachel, Ultimately, again, we have the Chiyiv Karis. And that would be the Chiyiv Karis of Ishes Ach. On the other hand, Ruven himself would, if he were to marry the co-wife, would have an Isser Karis on the co-wife, as of course with the other brothers as well. Rabbi Yochanan holds a little bit differently. Rabbi Yochanan holds that Allah Chalamaisa, once Ruven does Chalitza, the entire situation has been downgraded to an Isser Lav, both for Ruven as well as the other brothers, and both for Rachel as well as for Leah. Beautiful. With that, let's begin. Says the Gemara, my time is Reish Lakish. So what's Reish Lakish's logic? Why does Reish Lakish hold this way? So Amar Kro Reish Lakish says like this, Asher lo yivna The Pasuk says, when speaking about Chalitza, when speaking about Chalitza, says that the Chalitza process is done for the brother who will not rebuild or not build his deceased brother's home. Kevan shalobana shalobana yivna. Ultimately, again, the Torah says, once, once the surviving brother chooses not to go ahead and do yibum, he, that's it. He's not allowed to change. In other words, we'll say, once you do chalitza, there's no, as they say, backsies, right? You can't go ahead. That's it. You're done, right? There, you, you can't decide afterwards to go ahead and remarry this woman. Ihu hu dekai belo yivne, aval ochid ki dekaimu So we'll say, Rish Lakish's logic is like this. The only person who's downgraded to a love of lo yivne is the brother who did chalitza. But the truth is, the other brothers who did not directly do chalitza 
ultimately their relationship to the, to the wives of their deceased brother is one of Eishes Ach, and therefore punishable by Kares. Furthermore, again, the love is only with the woman with whom he did chalitza. Tzara ki dekaimi kaimi. The tzara ultimately again remains in the state of eishes ach. That's the position of Lakish. So I'll say so again. Reish Lakish's position is that halacha lemaisa, the brother who does chalitza, his relationship with his sister-in-law is now downgraded to a love. So should he transgress and remarry her, he's in violation of a love. But the, that relationship is only with the woman with whom he did chalitza. The other sister-in-law with whom he didn't do chalitza is still an Isser Kares. Furthermore, the only the brother who did chalitza sees a downgrade in his relationship from an Isser Kares to a love. The other brothers still remain at the Isser Kares level. So I'll say, we'll frame them in, in, in a little bit sharper in just a moment. Rabbi Yochanan, the hand says, Rabbi Yochanan, mi'i so it doesn't make any sense. Remember, we'll both say, who has the right to do chalitza? Who has the right to do chalitza? Who has the right to do chalitza? Any of the surviving brothers. Who do they have the right to do chalitza with? Either of the wives. So Yochanan said, any brother has the same right. And the truth is, chalitza can be accomplished with any of the women, any of the wives. So the Gemara says, Suppose it doesn't make sense to say that after Khalid is done, there's still going to be an Isser Karis which remains intact. That doesn't make any sense. Rather, says Rabbi Yochanan, the brother who does Khalidza, he's not acting on his own behalf. Whose behalf is he acting on? Behalf of all the brothers. Right? And the woman with whom he does chalitza, she's acting on whose behalf? Or she's representing who? All of the wives. So I will say, what comes out of here is something very interesting. What's the fundamental machlokas? The fundamental machlokas is, in our case, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, right? In our case, Ruvain passes away. Shimon does chalitza. Shimon does chalitza. So I will say, is Shimon, when Shimon does chalitza, is that his own personal act? Or ultimately, again, is that an act on behalf of all of his brothers? Similarly, when Rachel, when Rachel does chalitza, is that her own personal act, or is she representing all of the wives? That's that's effectively the machlokes Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Reish Lakish is going to say, when Shimon does chalitza, that's him. That, that's that, that's that's his account. He's settling his account. The other brothers, the other brothers. Kind of, they're, they're not, they're included in his chalitza, but at the end of the day, they still have their own independent status. When Rachel does chalitza, that impacts her status, but the other co-wives' status still remains in the state of Eishasach. Rabbi Yochanan says, that's ridiculous. There is, right, Yibum chalitza is a familial obligation. So when one brother acts, He's acting on behalf of who? His other brothers. Just like when one of the wives acts, she's acting on behalf of all of the wives. But say it's a fundamental, you sodistic, yibum chalitza mechanics discussion. It's really fascinating. So it's an interesting case. So let's say, 
Same case, Ruvain Shimon Levi. What happens? Ruvain passes away. He has two wives, Rachel and Leah, and Rachel and Leah fall to the brothers. Shimon, surviving brother, does chalitza. Does chalitza, call with Rachel. They all say, then what happens? So now, and so the Chazarikidsha. They both say now, in this case, like we said before, what's Shimon doing? Shimon does chalitza and then illegally goes ahead and what? Goes ahead and what? Remarries his chalutza. Okay, it's a love, right? It's not, it's not kares, it's a love. What happens? Umes. They both say now, what happens? Shimon dies. Shimon dies. And Shimon dies without what? Shimon dies without children. So I say, wow, what a case. What a case. Hey, so now Shimon dies without children. So I say, so now what's the Shaila? So I say, so now Shimon's widow, Shimon's widow also happens to be who? Also happens to be who? Ruvain's widow. Right? Remember again, Shimon did Chalitza. Shimon did Chalitza with Ruvain's, with Ruvain's wife, with Ruvain's widow. Right? Then he, so okay, he's not allowed to marry her, but he did remarry her. Shimon now also dies without children. Now, so say, now what happens? Rachel, the same lady, now has fallen for Yibum a second time. So what's Talacha? Tzricha Chalitza mina Achin. Ultimately, again, she requires Chalitza from the brothers. So listen to what Rabbi Yochanan says. So Rabbi Yochanan says, this makes perfect sense to me. Why? Because at the end of the day, it was just an iser, it was just a, a love. It was just a love, right? That Shimon, the surviving brother, transgressed. Therefore, the marriage is a valid marriage, so that when Shimon now dies, Rachel falls before Yibim to the other brothers. This is why she requires Chalitza. This is why she requires chalitza. Aye, but at the end of the day, according to you, right, this woman, listen to this, according to Yishlakish, what's the status of Rachel? Yishlakish, play this out. According to Yishlakish, what's the status of Rachel? Eishas Ach. She's an Isser Kares. Why? Because remember again, according to Yishlakish, only the brother who does chalitza downgrades the Eishas Ach relationship from Kares to a love. According to Reish Lakish, all of the other brothers, all of the other brothers, all of the other brothers, at the end of the day, still have an Isser Kares. So according to you, Reish Lakish, according to you, Reish Lakish, there should be no Chalitza. V'lutamech, and using this logic, Ema Seifa, Amad Echamina Achen Vikidsha, but say simply again, look at the end of that Braisa, the end of the price, it says, if one of the brothers went ahead and was Makadeshar, that will say, now look at Rashi, three lines up, four lines up from the bottom. Amad Echamina Achen Vikitsha, Shilokitsha Acholitz Ela Echamin Achen. I will say, listen to this. This case just keeps getting more exciting. It's almost, it almost feels, it's, it feels wrong how good it is, right? Also, listen to this case. So now, same case. Ruven Shimon Levi Yehuda. I just added in Yehuda. We don't need you. I will keep him in there. Right? So, but what matters are the first three. Ruven dies. Ruven dies, two wives, Rachel and Leah. What happens? Shimon does chalitza with Rachel. Okay? The seifa of the Brisa says like this. Let's say now, Levi comes along and does kiddushin with Rachel. Does kiddushin with Rachel. Remember again, Rachel is, Rachel is the woman with whom Shimon did chalitza. So now Levi, the third brother, comes in his Makadesh Rachel. So watch this. This is incredible. Amar echamina achem vekidsha ein la alav klum. Ultimately, I will say now ein la alav klum. Rashi says is the ein kiddushin tofsin. 
That marriage is halachically, what's the word? Um, irrelevant. In other words, the, the Kiddushin doesn't get off the ground. Why? Because you also listen to this. Levi's relationship to, to Rachel is an Iser Kares. And Kiddushin is not Tovsin in an Iser Kares. So what's say? So this is actually very strange. So now it sounds like from the first part of the Mishnah that if you go ahead and do Chalitza one of the, and, you, and you remar- one of the brothers remarries the Chalitza, ultimately that's an Iser Lav. Right? In the sec- last part of the Braisa, it sounds like it's an Iser Kares. And if it's only Chayve Lavin, if after Chalitza is done, so Rachel only becomes Chayve Lavin for all of the brothers like Rabbi Yochanan is suggesting, then why would Kiddushin not be Tov Sin? To which the Gemara of Sheish says, Save us on Rabbi Akiva. Oh, watch this. The Seva will say the end of the Mishnah, or Braisa should say, goes according to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva has one of the strictest halachas when it comes to Kiddushin, namely Damar, Ein Kiddushin Tov Sin Bechayve Lavin. We'll say, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva Paskins, the halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, Kiddushin is not tovsin, Kiddushin does not take effect, even when the marriage is simply prohibited by a love. So we'll say, you could fill in the blank on that one, right? A coin marries a divorcee. Um, hey, that's, that's a good case. We'll say, so ultimately, again, that's a love. That's a love. Everyone else holds. That although, ideally, of course, a marriage like this is not appropriate, is not appropriate, but Lameisa, again, everyone else says, it, it works. In other words, it, it's a Kiddushin. Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion, he says, Chayvei Lavin are just like Chayvei Krisos, and Allah, Lameisa, Kiddushin doesn't take effect. Well, we're listening to the Rabbi Akiva, why doesn't the Brisa just say that? And according to the words of Rabbi Akiva, ultimately, Kiddushin doesn't work. Top of Yudah, Rabbi Akiva, Kasha. It's a good kasha. It's a good kasha. Ravashi so so Ravashi holds like Reish Lakish. Understand, we're still back. We're still back with our with our incredible with our incredible machlokes. Are you so this thick machlokes? So let's just frame it again so that we're clear on it. Because Emir Sashem actually was very exciting today is we're going to do some halacha l'maysa. A little bit of halacha l'maysa. So I'll say, so remember again, in this machlokis, here's what we have. We have Ruvain Shimon Levi. Ruvain has two wives, Rachel Leah. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. Rachel Leah for Shimon, the surviving brother, does chalitza with Rachel. Does chalitza with Rachel. So say, so now the shayla is what has what has Shimon accomplished? So the way the, the way the Gemara chooses to measure this is by saying, let's say Shimon goes ahead and remarries Rachel, remarries Rachel. So Reish Lakish will say, Chalitza only has an impact on the brother who performed Chalitza and with the wife with whom he performed Chalitza. For those two, their relationship now should they continue? Should they continue it? Although it's illegal, is downgraded to a love. Everyone else in this family challenge, right? Everyone else in this mix is still Eshazach, is an Iser Karis. So I'll say, which is incredible. So contrary to Chalitza only impacts the direct participants of the Chalitza and downgrades their relationship from an Iser Karis to an Iser Lav. Everyone else remains as was. Eshazach, Iser Karis. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, Chalitza is a family event. Once Chalitza is done, 
the entire family, the brothers, all of the widows, are downgraded from an Isr Karis to an Isr Lab. Chalitza is the, and essentially, I will say to frame it a little bit better, the one brother, Rish Lakish says, the one brother is acting on his own. Right? It's, he, it's, 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 it's his own Chalitza. It's no one else's Chalitza. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, one brother is acting on behalf of the Mishpacha. Good. I'll say, we're gonna, it's very sad. I can't just keep glancing over at the Rambam. I have to stay focused over here. We're going we're gonna to get to it in just a moment. Ravashi, Savalok Rish Lakish. We'll say, first line, Yudal Vimdalav. Ravashi holds, like Rish Lakish, like Rish Lakish, umetaris like Rabbi Shimon, and he interprets like Rabbi Shimon. Again, we'll see that in just a moment. Rabbi Nosov like Rabbi Yochanan, umetaris kerabanon. Rabbi holds like Rabbi Yochanan, and ultimately again interprets the Brisa like like the Rabbanon. Ravashi so like Rish Lakish, umetaris like Rabbi Shimon. So Ravashi holds like Rish Lakish in principle and interprets like Rabbi Shimon. I'll say, what does that mean? Here we go. Hacholis liyavinto bechazer bekidsha. If a man does chalitza with his sister-in-law, so we'll say, same case, same case, same case, Reuben passes away, leaves behind. Rachel and Leah, Shimon does chalitza with Rachel. So we'll say, that should be the end of the story. But it's not. But it's not. What happens? Chazer v'kidsha. Shimon now goes ahead and decides to remarry Rachel. Chazer v'kidsha. Tzricha chalitza mina achin. Ultimately, again, and I will say now the case over here, the Gemara doesn't say it, is that what happens? Shimon dies. Shimon dies without children. So now Rachel falls to Levi and to Yehuda. Ultimately, again, she requires Chalitza. Now I will say, the fact that we say she requires Chalitza, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that tell you? Right? That the marriage, that although the marriage, that right, Shimon did Chalitza with Rachel, and although he should not have remarried her, because it's an Issa, right? It's a love. Nevertheless, if he did so what? It works. It works. That, right, that, that's what focusing on. It works. We'll say, some things that are usher, you shouldn't do them, but if you do them, it works. It works. Okay, so now what happens? So now, now when Shimon, who illegally married his chalutza, dies without children, his chalutza slash widow is now subject to chalutza by the other brothers. So the Gemara says, man achin. So who, who, who are these brothers? Who are these brothers? Achin hayilodim. Ultimately, again, I will say these must be brothers who were born after, listen to this, after Shimon went ahead and remarried his chalutza. This is great. After he remarried his chalutza. I will say, why is that important? Look at, look at Rashi. It's right across in Rashi. How you load him? Shenol du achar kiddushin shelzeh. These are talking about brothers who, who were born after Shimon remarried his chalutza. After he remarried her, velo itzera alay bechalitzaso to hazeka kamaisa lo ramai kamaihu liavuim shum eshes achiv shelo hayibalom lomisra. I'm also listening to this. Why? Now remember, we're setting this up as brothers who were born after Shimon remarried his chalutza. They're both saying, "What's the beauty of saying they were born after Shimon married his chalutza? What's the beauty of it? They have nothing to do." with Ruvain's original marriage to Rachel and Leah. Right, so we learned this. This is the case of non-contemporary brothers. Right, so this, but this is even better. This is even better. These brothers were born, Ruvain, when were they born? After Ruvain died, after Shimon did Chalitza with Rachel, and after Shimon remarried Rachel. So by the time they came into this world, all they knew, so to speak, was what? Shimon was married to Rachel. 
There was no other baggage. They had no baggage. I will say, you know, isn't part of the beauty of babies, part of the beauty of babies is they have no baggage. Right? They have no baggage. So these babies have no halachic baggage. They come into the world, and ultimately, again, this was after, after Yeruvian passed away, after Chalitza happened, after the remarriage happened. So therefore, again, I will say, these brothers, when Shimon subsequently passes away, they're ultimately a in Chalitza, slash Yibum, because they have no previous relationship with Rachel through Ruvain. So the Gemara says, Kiman, so the Gemara says, Kiman, Kerib Shimon. Ultimately, again, about say, whose opinion does this reflect? This is Rib Shimon. So the Gemara says, Amad Echam in Hanoladim Vikid Shah. So listen to this. What happens if Halachalamaisa no Ladim? Now, about say, you'll notice the difference in Lashnaver between Yelodim and no Ladim. Yelodim refers ultimately to brothers who were born after Shimon went ahead and remarried his Chalutza. Noladim refers to those who were born earlier, brothers who were alive at the time of the first Chalitza. I, what happens, so I will say, so there are two sets of brothers in this mix over here. Let's say one of the brothers who was born during, right, during the Chalitza, who was born at the, who was already alive at the time of the Chalitza, goes ahead in his Mekadish, Rachel, Eim La'alav Klum. Ultimately, the marriage is, 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 in La'alav Klum, the marriage doesn't work. The, marriage, the Kiddushin is not Tovsin, the Kiddushin doesn't take effect. Nebos and I watch this. Rashi says, Kiresh Lakish. This reflects the view of Reish Lakish, who holds that Halacha Lamaisa, only the brother who did Chalitza, sees his relationship with his sister in law downgraded to a love. Everyone else remains at an Isser Kares. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, Kiman Kiresh Lakish. Ultimately, Rebos, whose opinion does this reflect? Rish Lakish, beautiful. Ravina Sarvel Krabi Yochanan tries like Ali Udrabanan. So on the other hand, Ravina holds the Krabi Yochanan and he interprets this case like the Rabbanan. Here we go. If a man, again, both say same names, Shimon does Chalitza with, with Rachel. And what happens? Then he decides to subsequently remarry her. She requires Chalitza from the brothers. Now, both say Shimon dies without children. She requires Chalitza from the brothers. Man Achin, who are the brothers? Achin Hanoladim. Ultimately, both say this refers to brothers who were alive at the time of the first Chalitza. Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Kirabi Yochanan, like Rabbi Yochanan, like Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan holds that once one brother does Chalitza, then what? All of the brothers are downgraded to a love. If one of the brothers who was born after Shimon's Chalitza does, right, does, does Kiddushin, ultimately again, there is no Kiddushin there. There is no Kiddushin there. Says the Gemara, Kiman, Kiman, Kirabanan. Ultimately, again, like, like the Rabbanan. So the Gemara is well said, good. So we'll say, so. Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. So we'll say, this, comes, this brings to a close the suga of Rabbi Yochan and Rishlakish. So we'll say, how do we paskin? This is incredibly important. How do we paskin? So we'll say, listen to this. So this is the Rambam in Hilchos Yibum Bechalitza, Perek Aleph, Halacha Tes. Here we go. Mishael and So we'll say, very, very, very important Nakuda to remember. Somebody had many wives, right? And he died. Ruvain. Number of wives and he dies. Biasa. Ultimately, the Rambam says, we paskin like Rabbi Yochanan. 
Very important. We pass like Rabbi Ochanan. I will say, first of all, first of all, what the Ramam is highlighting over here is actually something very important, which is that, number one, you only do Yibam and Chalitza with one wife. Right? There's no such thing. You might never spell this out explicitly, but you never do. You can't, you, you're not allowed to go ahead and marry more than one of the widows. So Yibam or Chalitza is done with one wife. That's a piece of information too. Number two, only one brother has the right to do Yibam on behalf of the other brothers. And a piece of information number three is the Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Yochanan. And therefore, Halacha Lameisa, when one brother does Chalitza on behalf of the brothers, let me say it differently, when one brother does Chalitza, he is doing it on behalf of all of the brothers. That is being done by, on behalf of everyone. And the right that I will say is now the sister-in-law, in our case Rachel, is now downgraded to the, we'll call it the status of a chalutza. She is no longer called, quote-unquote, Eishas Ach, and punishable by Kares. But instead of one of the brothers were to marry her, although it would be illegal, it would be a love and not Kares. Similarly, similarly, Ultimately, the downgrading of that prohibition is not only upon the woman who actively participated in Chalitza, but who else? Upon her co-wife as well. We'll say incredible. Absolutely incredible. So that is the position of Rabbi Yochanan, and that is how the Ramam Paskins. Beautiful. Let's go weiter. Itmar, so we learned, Haba'al yivama uba echad mina achin al-tsarasa. So we'll say an interesting case here. What happens? Right, so we've got, again, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. Reuven has two wives, Rachel and Leah. Reuven passes away. Reuven passes away. So what happens? Afterwards, there's Rachel and Leah. There's Rachel and Leah. So what, what occurs? Shimon goes ahead and does, does I'm sorry, Haba'i So Shimon does Yibum. So we'll say in this case over here, Shimon, Shimon does Yibum with Rachel. And then what happens? Uba'echad mina'achin al-sarasa. Now, we'll say now an interesting case here. One of the other brothers, one of the other brothers, ultimately again, does Yibum with Leah. What's the halacha here? Pligibar of Acha Veravina. Chad Amar Bekares, Bechad Amar Baase. So, we'll say here, here's the interesting, here's the interesting discussion, right? So, we'll say, so obviously, the second brother, right, we'll call him Levi did something wrong, right? Shimon decides to do Yibum, fantastic, right? At the end of the day now, Levi married a woman he's not allowed to marry. So the Shiloh just is, what's the nature of his prohibition? One opinion says, Kares, I gave this away a little bit. I jumped the gun on the Rambam, I just realized, okay, fine. From the expressions, it looks like, yeah, yeah no, I don't know what I'm talking about, so we're fine, we're fine. Okay, so I'll say, so, so listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. The eye contact is fantastic this morning. Right? So, so, so again, so one opinion says, one opinion says that Levi, what Levi did is punishable by a love. And one opinion says that what Levi did is punishable by Kares. So I'll say, here we go. I'm sorry. So please Rather, we're going to both say, it's actually going to say, so again, we know, we know already what the halach is in that case. We just saw it. We passed him. Then remember again, Reuven passes away, leaves behind two wives, Rachel and Leah. When Shimon does, in this case, Shimon's doing Yibum with Rachel. At the point that Shimon does Yibum with Rachel, both say, who is Shimon act, who's a, who, on whose behalf is Shimon acting? Who, right? 
all the brothers, and ultimately, again, when Rachel does Yibam, on whose behalf is she acting? Right? All of the wives. Which technically means now we're done. In this case over here, Levi, another brother, decides to marry the other widow, Leah. So I will say, Mutter Aser, Mutter Aser, Aser, right? But again, we pass on Rabbi Yochanan only a love. Right? Only a love, right? It's not going to be an Iser Kares or an Ase, actually. Right? All right, it's not going to be Kares because once Yibam is done or Chalitza is done, it downgrades the entire relationship from an Iser Kares of Eishas Ach to ultimately again Chalitza. Incredible. Both say that. I think might be the, it's nice to kind of sink our teeth into a Rambam. So now we know Halacha Lamais again. We pass like Rabbi Yochanan. Weiter. Amrav Yudam Rav. Saras Sota. But we actually saw this case alluded to a few blad ago. Tzaras Sota. So I said, this is a great case. Tzaras Sota. The co-wife of a Sota. So I will say, if you take a look, well, Tzaras Sota Asura. So Rav says, so let me, let me clarify this. Look at Rashi. Second wide line in Rashi. Tzaras Sota Asura. Hayanasve Bez Noshim. Reuven was married to two wives, Rachel and Leah. Vizin Achas Tachtov. And I will say, what happened? So Rachel, Rachel committed adultery. Rachel was mother, she committed adultery. V'yesh Eidim. And there are witnesses that she committed adultery. Umeis Balobaram. They're both saying, in this case over here, what happened? What happened? Ruvain died without children. Okay, so now again, Ruvain's married to two wives, Rachel and Leah. Rachel committed adultery. And this is a, this is a case where it's, it's known. There's Eidos that she committed adultery. Ruvain dies without children. So what's the halacha? Rashi says, He v'tzara sapeturos min af min achalitza my time a tumak sibba finistra v'nitma. Both is fascinating. So in this case over here, when Ruben dies, there is no yibum or chalitza. There is no yibum or chalitza. When Ruben dies, ultimately again, I will say what's happened. The mechanics over here is because there is no yibum or chalitza with the sota, she exempts her co-wife as well. Now, why is there no yibum or chalitza with a sota? I will say, I want to just point out to you also just to avoid confusion, because I want to avoid confusion in Yibamas. I feel I've been incredibly successful with that so far. I will say, so, so again, chalitza is going to be used in two ways. Sorry, sota is going to be used in two ways. We colloquially use sota to describe what? A woman suspected of adultery. Here, the Gemara is going to use Sota to refer to a woman who we know has committed adultery and also will we'll transition later on to suspected of adultery. Right now, here, it's again that she has committed adultery. So watch this. So why, why is she and her co-wife, both from Sota, says, as from Chalitza, says the Gemara, Tumak Sivba Ka'arayos. So it's actually quite fascinating. The Torah uses the word Tuma by a woman who has committed adultery in the same way that the Torah uses the word Tumah by Arayos. And the Gemara Bose sings something absolutely amazing, saying the name of Rabbi, saying the name of Rav, that the same way, the Bose, right, we know this is, we start from the beginning, what's the halacha when a woman is in Erva? Right, again, Ruvain dies, Rachel and Leah fall to to Shimon. Rachel is Shimon's daughter. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? No Yibum, and what? And what? She exempts, she exempts her co-wife. She exempts her tzara. So Rav is saying something amazing. They both say, by Arayos it says, Tumas, by, by, Araya, by Erba it says Tuma. And now over here by Sota, by adultery, it says Tuma also. So therefore Rav is saying, a woman who committed adultery essentially has the status of an Erva. 
And therefore, not only is she exempt from Yibamar Chalitza, but she exempts her co-wife as well. Incredible. Incredible. Says the Gimara, Masir Rav Chista, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Bi'osso Chalitza, Sameachav Shalrishon Poteres Sarasa. Here's the problem. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, that ultimately, again, either Yibam or Chalitza, with this woman, which sounds like the Sota, ultimately, again, will exempt her co-wife. So I will say, what does that sound like? Now, first, I'll take a look at Rashi. Just to understand, this is actually talking about a different kind of case, which is also quite fascinating. Biaso Chalitza, so Rashi says, this is, listen to So about a woman whose husband went overseas, right? So Rachel, Rachel and Leah are married to Ruvain. Ruvain goes overseas on a business trip. And what happens? Witnesses come along and they say, by the way, Ruvain died overseas. Vinises, so Rachel goes out and marries someone else. Right? Not, not Ruvain's brother per se. We'll just, we'll just call it uh, Yisachar. She goes to marry Yisachar. And then, surprise, her husband comes home. Right? So it turns out Ruvain wasn't dead. Right? Ruvain wasn't dead. He comes home. So we'll say, what happens? So we'll say, here's the problem. Now she committed adultery. Now granted, it wasn't intentional adultery. She thought that her husband was dead. Right? And Lamaisa, again, there were Edom that said that her husband was dead. Right? So ultimately, but yet, de facto, she committed adultery. So because of that, she can't live with Ruvain, nor can she live with Yisachar, right? Because she's committed adultery. To which the Gemara says, now watch, watch the twist in this case. Watch the twist in this case. The Gemara says, What happens if either, if either Ruvain, husband number one, or Yisachar, husband number two, die without children? So we'll say, so now technically she falls to Yibum. What's the halacha? Chotzin velob miyabmin. We do chalitza and not Yibum. Chalitza, not Yibum. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Asa, chalitza, sameachav shorishon, poteres hilachatchila as tsarasa. And Rabbi Shimon says that either again, if Yibum or chalitza is done, ultimately again, it will exempt the other, the brothers of the first husband. So the Gemara says, now what do we see? The Poteris, he lachatchila asarasa, sharihi kishar nashim legabe yavam, to lokansura abonam yavam, devadai shari le shanusaisa. Now we'll say, now listen to this. Comes along, comes along, Reb Shimon, and Rabbi Shimon says as follows. He says that halacha lemaisa, see, I will say, this isn't a real adultery case. Right? Because remember again, this woman acted in good faith. Right? She thought that her husband was dead, so she remarried. So, Chazal come along and penalize her and say, you have to leave both marriages. Why do we tell you have to leave both marriages? In order to encourage women to be explicitly meticulous in researching the testimony that says that your husband is dead. But interestingly enough, from a Yibum perspective, when Ruvain, her first husband, dies without children, we will make her subject to Yibum. Because at the end of the day, I will say, she really is still married to Ruvain, right? That was a legal marriage. And the fact that she inadvertently had relations with Yisachar because she thought she was married to Yisachar because Reuben was dead. Biblically, or at least Yibam-wise, we don't penalize her. So says the Gemara. So also that seems to indicate that Allah, now that's a case of a sota. That's a case of a woman who committed adultery. And yet, Allah, says she's still subject to Yibam. So I don't understand. I'm talking to you about a sota de araisa. Sota de araisa means a woman who really committed adultery. Really committed adultery. 
don't bring up this case. I will say, which is not a case of real adultery. So why do we bring it up? He brought up this case because he figured, you know what, any time that the Rabbanon go ahead and bring up a case, they kind of try to establish it as a Da'oraisa. So we'll say, so it turns out, again, I just want to point out now, this case, this case of Shama Shemiz Bailu Dina Sayam, where she sees that her husband, or she, or she gets testimony that her husband died overseas, as a result that she marries Yisachar, turns out Reuven comes back. So the, the din de Rabbanon is, what's the din de Oraisa? What's the real halacha? Right? When Reuven comes back, what's her status? What's Rachel's status? Right? She can remain married to Reuven. Right, they say it's it's it was it's no different than Chasdashon woman who was violated. Right, again she's still permitted to her husband. So this is a case of it wasn't violation, but she acted in good faith with information. She's permitted to go back to her husband. The rabbis tell her, rabbis tell her, No, we, we don't want people playing games. Leave both. What the emergency is pointing out, by the way, should Reuven die without children, right before he's given her a get, she's subject to ibum. To which the Gemara says, whoa, two different conversations. We're talking about a case where Reuven's married to Rachel and Leah. Rachel committed adultery. Rachel committed adultery. So the Gemara is teaching me that if Reuven dies without children, the fact that Rachel committed adultery, she's exempt from Yibam and she exempts her co-wife. Why? Because adultery and erva have the same word, Tumah, written by both of them. So we treat adultery like an erva. Incredible. Says the Gemara, Master of Ashi, if Allah now a classic sota case. A classic sota case. Then what happens? Then Allah a woman goes ahead and is alone with a man in a private place long enough for an act of relations to occur. Asrula Baisa, Vasrula Truma. So we'll say this is the typical sota case, right? There's more to this, right? The husband warned his wife, don't be alone with this man, right? All of the different details that go into sota. So now what happens, right? She says to him, Right? Husband gives her warning in front of two witnesses. And I want you to be alone with Plony. Then she violates the warning. She's alone with him. And she's alone with him in a secluded place long enough for an act of adultery to have occurred. What's the halacha? Asur lebeisa. Number one, she's prohibited to her husband until she drinks the waters of the sota. Number two, if he's a Kohen, she can't eat truma. Number three, the imes choletzes below misyabemes. Wow. Well, say, and now, so what? what do you see from here? If Reuben were to die before the, before the Sota process is given the opportunity to unfold, what's the halacha? She does chalitza. <laughs> she does chalitza. So we'll say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Then halacha so even a Sota, right? Even a Sota is subject to the chalitza requirement. Or I should say chalitza slash ibum. vadai. That amritli sota suffix. Stop it, Rav says already. Just stop it. You're bringing up cases that are not the same case. Rav says, I will say, that's why I said before that we're using the word, the word sota is used in so many different contexts. Rav says, I'm talking about a woman who definitely committed adultery. I will say, in the case you just mentioned, did the woman definitely commit adultery? No. What is, is what's called what? Raglayim ladover. Raglayim ladover means circumstantial evidence, right? It, it, it looks, it looks a little strange, right? It looks a little strange. But Lamaisa, Rav says, that's not the case. So Rav is saying, I'm talking about a very specific case where we know, we know, Rachel committed adultery. Right? To go ahead and commit the Avera of adultery. We know she did it in front of witnesses. It's clear. It's clear. 
Right? That's the case, Rav says, where I'm saying that because it says, it says Tuma by adultery, it says Tuma by Erba, that just like Erba is, uh, is exempt from Yibum, Yibum in its entirety, and also exempts her co-wife, so to the woman who definitely committed adultery. I'll admit that in the case where it's a suffix, of course you'll do Chalitza in that case. So the Gemara says, Why is, why is a woman who definitely committed adultery different? Because the Torah uses the word Tumah. But the Torah uses the word Tumah. By a Sota Suffolk as well. Suffolk Sota as well. To which the Gemara says, If this is all about Gzeir Shava of Tumah Tumah. It says Tumah by adultery. And it says Tumah by Arayos. So as it just like Arayos, a woman who's in Erva is exempt from Yibum and exempts her co-wife. So, we'll say, so, so too, again, a woman who committed adultery is exempt from Yibum and exempts her co-wife. But one second, the Torah says the words Tumah, even by what? Suffix Sota. Even by a woman who may have committed adultery, and we have circumstantial evidence to that. After all, the Gemara says, Desanyo, Rabbi Yossi ben Kippar, Omer Mishum, Rabbi Lozar, Hamach, Zirgusha, Sominani, Suin, Asura. But listen to this case. This is talking about, switching gears again. This is talking about a case where a man divorced his wife, she married someone else, and ultimately, again, then she divorces that man, right? She divorces that man. Ultimately, Mishinisis la'achar umeis ogirsha. So I will say, the point is, Reuven was married to Rachel, non-yibum case. Reuven's married to Rachel, they divorce, they divorce, Rachel goes in and marries Shimon, unrelated, right? Nisuin. And then what happens? Either Shimon divorces her or dies, and now Reuven remarries her. Now that is illegal. That is illegal, right? The Matsur Gushasaminani Suin, Asra, Asura. Ultimately, again, this is Asr. This is Asr. Sidigmarsamina. Erasin Mutarin. Interestingly enough, if all Rachel had with Shimon, the second husband, was Erasin, not Nisuin, which presumably means what? They did not live together as husband and wife. Ultimately, again, with the fact that Reuben remarries her as Mutar Shinamar, Achare Asher Hutam the Pasuk says, after she has become Tomei. So as I say, interestingly enough, the Torah uses the Lashon of Tumah by Machzir Grushasu as well, by remarrying your divorcee. The Chum say, the truth is, whether, whether Rachel married Shimon, and it was Erisin or Nisuin, both are going to be Asr. So we'll say, what is Acharei Tam'ah? Which sounds like, again, that there's an act of relations that's occurring. Nisun, what is that talking about? Lerabos Sota Shenistera. This comes to include what? This comes to include Sota, ultimately, again, who was secluded. That I will say, interestingly enough, the Sota, who violated her husband's warning and was alone with that man who she was warned about long enough for something to occur, the Torah calls her Asher Hutama, Achare Hutama. The Torah goes ahead and gives her the status of Tamea, which once again sounds like that Allah Halamaisa, if we're going to go ahead and preclude a woman who, who, who committed adultery, ultimately again from engaging in Yibum or Chalitza, because of Tuma Gzereshava Te'erva, to Arayas Te'erva, right? So even the suspected Sota should be the same. Umay Nistra, so the Gemara says, what does Nistra mean? Nivala. It's talking about a case where no, she actually committed adultery. 
So the Gemara says, by my Karla Nistra. So why does it call it Nistra? Nistra means alone. To which the Gemara says, Lishna Ma'al Yonaket. The Gemara just wants to use a nicer lotion. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Nivala, Tumah Behejik Sibba. Now, we'll say at the end of the day, if the Sota committed adultery, so that ultimately, again, the Torah says explicitly, Tumah, the Nistra, the Pasik says, she was alone with the man and she became defiled. Lamekum Allah beloved. Ultimately, to tell you that the husband, her husband, were to now have relations with her after she committed adultery, he would be in violation of Allah. Rabbi Yossi ben Kippar, Labbisota Lesley, so we'll say to which the Gemara says, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yossi ben Kippar, Labbisota Lesley. Rabbi Yossi ben Kippar holds that there's no love by Sota. The truth is, even Allah says it's not even Znus. My timer, what's the reason? Havia ve'ishus ksibba. Well, this is actually very interesting. Rabbi Yossi Keeper holds that if a man were to have relations with his wife who had committed adultery, there's not even an iser, there's not even a love. There's not even a love. Why is that? Because the Torah still calls this woman his wife even after the act of adultery. Okay, let's get ready for this. So now what happens? Right, let's, let's go back to our brothers. Right, Reuben, Shimon, Levi. Reuben has two wives, Rachel and Leah. What happens? What happens? Rachel, Reuben divorces Rachel. He divorces her. Rachel goes and marries another man. Second marriage doesn't work out. Second marriage doesn't work out. Reuben remarries Rachel. He marries Rachel. Both say, Mutra Aser, Mutras Aser. Now what happens? Reuben dies without children. Dies without children. So what's Tahalacha? Mahu. So now what's the Shaila? So the Shaila is, what's Rachel's status? And what's Leah? Remember again, Rachel is a co-wife. So what's their status? The Torah used Lashon of Tumah. Ultimately, again, by Maxer Gushoso, by remarrying your divorcee, says Tumah by Maxer Gushoso. It says Tumah by Erva, which teaches me that what? That Halacha Lamaisa, again, they're exempt from Yibam and the co wife is exempt as well. We'll say, anytime you see Tumah, Tumah makes you just like an Erva. So the Gemara says, the Imi Shum, I'm sorry. So, Tumah Kimosa. Ultimately, again, it's clear both the Maxir Grushasa wife is exempt from Yibum and she exempts her co wife as well. Even though it says Toiva, the only issue of Maxir Grushasa is the offspring of that union will not be negatively impacted. Kiti Bailacha, where does the Kasha come up? According to the Rabbanon. Even though again, even though again, it says Tuma by Sota. So I'm sorry, Tuma by Sota. Remember the Rabbanan Darshan that the Tuma by Maxer Gushaso is in fact ultimately again a reference to Sota, not Maxer Gushaso. Nevertheless, still we should apply the word Tuma to Maxer Gushaso and therefore it's saying she's treated like an Arab. Odilma. Or perhaps we say that Allah said, no, once you take out Tumah in the Pasuk of Maxir Grushaso and say that it applies to Sota and not Maxir Grushaso, then Allah perhaps again the din of Tumah doesn't apply to her. 
And therefore, again, and therefore, again, it should be mutter. Should be mutter. Ikedar. We'll say so again. There's an alternate version of this. I'll leave with the rabbanon a little bit. According to the rabbanon, it's not a kasha. Kevan deis aker i aker. Once ultimately, again, it was uprooted. It was uprooted. It's once tuma was taken out of the context of Machsir Gushaso and applied to Sota, it's out. Kiti Bailacha, Kiti Bailacha, Rabbi Yossi Ben Kippar. So, Mike, what's that? Afagab Rabbi Yossi Ben Kippar, Tuma Machsir Gushaso, Lixiva, even though the Torah says Tuma by Machsir Gushaso, nevertheless, Miet Rachmana, Hita Iva, Vein Sarasa Toiva. Does the Tuma status only apply to the Machsir Gushaso herself? And perhaps not by what? Not by, not by halacha l'maisa again hurts Sarah. O Dilma hito iba ve'in banehatovin hatsaras ha'tayvar. No, maybe no. Maybe halacha l'maisa the offspring is not impacted. The offspring is not impacted. But halacha l'maisa again, I should say differently. The the offspring is not impacted, but the co-wife is. I'm relating this to So we'll say very simple kasha. Very simple kasha. Right again, Reuven divorced Rachel. Reuven married to two wives. Rachel and Leah. We'll go one more minute. Reuven was married to two wives. Rachel and Leah. Reuven divorced Rachel. Rachel went and married another man. Complete marriage. Gets divorced from that man. Reuven remarries Rachel. Illegal relationship. Now Reuven dies without children. So we'll say, what's the, what's the shaila? What's the status of Rachel and Leah for Yibum? Right. Essentially, again, I will say so. Again, now she's a matzir gushaso. Is she chayavus in yibum? What happens with her co-wife? I'm relating to Nisua. We learn this. Haisa achas kshera. So we'll say, you know what? We'll stop over here. We're gonna. I'm, I'm leaving you mid question. I will say, I'll pick up over here. So again, that's gonna be the shaila we're leaving off with. We paskin like Rabbi Yochanan. Leave off the case of matzir gushaso. What's the status ultimately again of her and of her and of her co-wife? To be kitira, we'll say shkoyach.